chart with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Uh -huh. Chart with yeah. straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Hello and welcome everyone to episode 11 of The Fizz. I am your host, Frank Cerise, and we are live. Well, we're not really, I mean, I'm recording live. I'm recording live. You're listening whenever the hell you want to listen to. No one's listening to this live. The only one who's hearing this live is me. Um, but I always have a tendency to say that when we're recording because I'm doing it live. Anyways, I'm fucking recording some shit into a microphone at the Foundation Hotel, downtown Detroit. It's a pretty nice evening downtown. I still would like a little cooler air for the fall feelings to really kick in. We're officially in October. It is October 3rd, and it's Mean Girls Day. On Wednesdays, we wear pink. Now, that may sound ridiculous. It may sound basic. I've already told you guys I, I pretty much am a basic bitch at heart due to my uh, love of fall. So you might as well just wrap it in one big basic bitch burrito um, because I fucking love Mean Girls. I think of all the movies in the world between Happy Gilmore, Superbad, and Mean Girls, they're the number three most, like, most quotable movies that I know. Glenn Coco? Fall for you, Glen Coco. You go, Glen Coco. Um, I could probably name every line from fucking Mean Girls and Happy Gilmore, and Superbad is a close second. It's an absolute masterpiece. If you haven't seen it, you're really fucking missing out. Very funny movie. Today's October 3rd, and as we all know, Caddy uh, Heron told Aaron Samuels the date. When he asked him the date. What's the date? It's October 3rd. I told him the date. It was October 3rd. Um, I love that goddamn movie. But if you don't love that movie, you probably don't want to talk about Mean Girls. So instead of going down a rabbit hole on how much I love Mean Girls and specifically Gretchen Wieners, I will talk about our three and one Detroit Lions. <laughs> If someone has a better recording of that, they they need to send it to me because that that just honestly sounds it sounds like dog shit. So I apologize for having to play that clip every time, but let's let's digress from how shitty the audio clip is and my lack of podcasting editing skills and focus more on that our Lions are three and one atop the NFC North. Okay, this week different kind of game, kind of shows through these four games of what we are working with. We are a quarter of the way through the season, and you got to be happy with what you've seen so far. You know who else is, hap you know who else is happy about this? Is the NFL.com power rankings. Now, look, I used to be obsessed with power rankings, especially, like, 
I don't know, when I was younger, I would really get hooked on the power rankings, and I love to see which way any one of my teams went on a certain week, and I would love looking at the power rankings. Then I got older, and I started reading the power rankings, I started looking at the power rankings more closely, and I came to the conclusion that power rankings are literally just a heap of flaming dog shit. Um, and I actually hate at how high NFL.com has our Lions ranked. If you didn't know this, NFL.com has the Detroit Lions, our Detroit Lions, ranked number two. Number two in the entire NFL in the power rankings, trailed only to the Kansas City Chiefs, who are 4-0. We're ahead of the Patriots, we're ahead of the Falcons, we're ahead of every goddamn team in the world that you could think of. Toss the Packers in there, whoever else you think is good, the Steelers, whatever. We're ahead of all of them. Every single one of these goddamn teams. Um, and after Detroit comes the Eagles. So it just kind of puts into perspective of where these rankings are coming from. I think it's total malarkey, if you will. But I'll read you guys what NFL.com wrote. These, in italics, aren't the same old Lions. They are 3-1 with a bit of an asterisk on the one. I will agree with you there. They made the playoffs last year, and since Ona Martha Firestone Ford addressed the media midway through the 2015 season, announcing the firings of team president Tom Lewin and general manager Martin Mayhew, while sternly advising that the circumstances around their football team would change, Detroit is 18-10. Also, keep in mind that two of those losses came on an Aaron Rodgers Hail Mary and the dreaded rule book monster dreaded rule book monster that sounds like like something your mom would say but anyways if running back amir abdullah can keep this going 109 total yards on sunday the lions will win the nfc north That was a little dramatic, but we have a lot to be excited about. I'm excited. You should be excited. And the reason I'm most excited is not only is, are we 3-1, and one, we're 3-1 and one and we're doing it with defense. We got seven interceptions on the season. I think, I don't know how many, two or three have been taken back for touchdowns on the year. We've only given up one interception on the year, and it was Matthew Stafford's first pass of the season that Arizona was able to take to the house. We have a plus nine turnover ratio and last week we proved we could win the game in the final two minutes without Matthew Stafford having to put together a drive or our offense having to score our defense came up with a huge fucking turnover with you know whatever a little over a minute left to seal the deal of the number two receiver granted it's Adam fucking Thielen it's not gonna stick around all year but they're doing very well we shut down that Minnesota offense, granted, they lost Dalvin Cook in the middle of the game. They are missing Sam Bradford. But Case Keenum has filled in admirably for Sam Bradford. He's been playing very well. And overall, that Minnesota offense with Diggs and Thielen and with Dalvin Cook, who you know just obviously got injured, was playing fantastic. And they ran into a buzzsaw of the Detroit Lions defense and it was a really impressive effort Caldwell even said it himself I don't know if I've seen a defensive effort quite like that which is literally 
the most emotion you're ever going to get out of the guy. Another reason I'm super excited um, was Amir Abdullah and just the running game in general. The Lions hadn't had a rusher go over 100 yards in a game in 55 games. 55 games, Detroit did not have a single player go over 100 yards rushing in a game, okay? To, to put that in perspective, the, the closest team to, to even being remotely close to that was the Baltimore Ravens with, like, 15. Like, the, the Ravens went, like, a season without a 100-yard rusher. The Lions went, like, I don't know, what, what's, like, 55 divided by 16, like 280? 280 seasons, the Lions did not have a 100-yard rusher in a single game. But that all changed on Sunday when Amir Abdullah, number 21 Detroit Lions, went for 109 yards and a touchdown and a few grabs in between. Now, I am genuinely excited that our Detroit Lions have done great on the defensive side and stuck with the run and not given up on it. Um, but I will tell you what made me even more jacked about this Sunday. It was a great Sunday, guys. Um, the Lions W obviously comes first of all. I picked up the Lions defense before this one, and I couldn't believe that I was doing it. I never thought I'd see the day where the Lions defense was something I went out and sought. And after, you know, three fucking fumble recoveries and holding the, uh, the, the Vikings to seven points, boy, boy, that was a doozy. That was a great one. 13 points. Won my fantasy matchup by, like, I don't know, six points. So it was huge. Absolutely fucking huge, especially with, uh, with having uh, Derrick Henry in my flex doing absolutely nothing. But real happy on the fantasy side. And also, of course, took the Lions' money line and took them um, – and just took the line on them, which I believe was three and a half. So uh, just a great effort all around. And especially winning in the division on the road is no simple task. I think every fucking analyst that I saw that I watched on Fox, CBS, NFL Network, ESPN, everyone picked the Vikings. I didn't see one person pick the Lions in this game, and I could not figure out why. Did they watch the first two games of the season and maybe think uh, Arizona and uh, the Giants are dog shit? And did they watch that Falcons game and just think, like, they can't come back from it? What's the fucking reasoning? Why no love? I get it if you don't want to pick us versus the Packers. We never beat them. I get it if you don't want to pick us versus, you know, one of your fancy East Coast, West Coast teams that you guys love so much. I get it. But it was the Vikings. Why you got a hard-on for the Vikings? Start believing in Detroit. We're a good fucking team. We're moving forward. Forward, son forward and during my whole defense rant about fantasy forgot to mention that I did draft Amir Abdullah and that was absolutely fantastic because I really didn't picture him uh being a number one back for a fantasy team but last week he was so hopefully they can keep that up uh so from this moment uh, our last word on the Lions here I'm gonna go on to champagneathletics.com and read you guys back what my prediction was for the Vikings game, uh, the game that just played, read that prediction to you of what I thought was going to happen to start the season. And then after that, I will read what I think we're going to do to Carolina. Honestly, in this point in my brain, I don't know if I'm just real slappy or what it is, but I think we're just going to fucking pound Carolina. I think, or I know Carolina beat uh, the New England Patriots in Gillette this weekend. So I know that. I'm aware of that. 
But I have a feeling they're going to be real happy about that. They kind of blew their wad, and they're done. They're going to come into Detroit thinking they got an easier task, and we're just going to fucking kill them. Like, Cam's going to turn it over like four times. He's going to start pouting like he always does, and it's just going to be a mess for them. We're just going to give them hell. So that's my modern-day prediction for last, for next week's game. Um, but right now, I will read you what my prediction was for the Minnesota game. So obviously, Detroit won at Minnesota 14-7. to Here is what I predicted before the season started. I think the Bears absolutely stink, and I don't think the Vikings are anything special either, but division games, especially on the road, are nothing to sneeze at. I think in order for the Lions to be successful, they need to win three of four from Chicago and Minnesota. I still believe that. Which is why this week four matchup is a big one, even so early in the season. Starting 2-2 two and two will be considered a, a success on the season, and the Minnesota game will be a must-win of the first four games that feature Arizona, New York, Atlanta, and Minnesota. The boys will even up their record in this one. Final Detroit 24, Minnesota 17. So I was right we did win by 7. I'm wrong about our record because I thought we'd be 2-2 two and two at this point, but we are 3-1. and one. And with every one of these predictions, I always say it. I say it every time. If I ever pick against the Lions, not because I want them to lose, obviously, it's just my predictions and I always want them to shut me the fuck up always always shut me up Lions always always do it by winning all right so week five home versus the Carolina Panthers this was my prediction before the season started here it goes Carolina much like Arizona will come out with something to prove this year after their 2015 15-1 Super Bowl runner-up campaign the Panthers had a very lackluster 2016 going 6-10 and and finishing last in the NFC South. They are better than that, and they play in a very competitive division. That being said, this will be a statement game for both teams looking to get moving in the right direction to a plus 500 season. I think the crowd shakes Ford Field, rattles Cam, and he has a terrible game. The Lions' defense comes alive and scores not one, but two defensive touchdowns and handles the battle of the Big Cats in the Motor City. Final, Detroit 38, Carolina 14. Let's fucking go. I stick to that prediction so hard. I mean, obviously, we're above 500 right now, so the record stuff's a little skewed, but I definitely, fully, wholeheartedly believe in this prediction. Put it on the books, Lions, two defensive touchdowns, and they put up over 35 points on Carolina. We're going to beat the shit out of Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers on Sunday, and I can't wait to fucking watch it. She doesn't even go here. All right, now that I've spewed all of my Detroit Lions excitement and bold predictions, let's move on to a team who maybe, just maybe, we're not as excited about their their current affairs like we are the Lions. And the team I'm referring to is, of course, our Detroit Red Wings. Town, it's a place where dreams are found. We fought so many battles here. Now we're the ones that they will fear. The club resides within our town. We won't stop no letting down. The cup is ours for all to drink. It's our town, let's rock this ring. Hey, hey, hockey town, you're not alone. Just look around. God, I love that fucking song, and I've said for the duration of my life, if I was ever an MLB baseball player, no matter what city I played for, where it was, I, my walk-up song 
would be Hey Hey Hockey Town with Big Pimpin' by Jay-Z being a close second. But definitely number one is Hey Hey Hockey Town. That is the best song in the fucking world. I swear to God, just hearing that song made me smell the piss and peanuts of Joe Luce Arena. But we, as Red Wing fans, do not attend hockey games for piss and peanuts. Maybe a little bit, but definitely not 100%. We go for wins. We go for cups because we are hockey town. And right now, there is not a good outlook on our Detroit Red Wings. As we know, Vegas just came out with the odds on them winning the Stanley Cup, and they were dead last. Absolute dead last in the NHL, worse odds to win the Stanley Cup. But as we all know, preseason odds, preseason rankings, they don't mean shit. But you know what does mean shit? Roster, okay? And right now, the Red Wings roster, man, just looking this thing up and down, is really suspect. And where the biggest suspect comes in is our defense. We have a defense that has just not panned out due to these terrible contracts. Danny DeKaiser is supposed to be our number one defenseman, and he had a rough go of it last year. 12 points total, four goals, eight assists, and a minus 22 plus minus. Now, there weren't a lot of pretty plus minuses on this team at all. The defense was absolutely horrendous, and the goaltending was up and down when Howard got hurt, and Peter Mrazek went through absolute turmoil last year. Um, I will note Danny DeKaiser had a minus 22 rating, played in all 82 games. Um, so that is not a stat you want to hear. Danny DeKaiser absolutely needs to step it up this year. We, when he came into the league, he was undrafted out of Western Michigan. Everyone in the NHL offered him a contract. He was a super hot commodity. Everyone wanted him. He decided to choose Detroit. Danny needs to step it up this year and be the guy who wanted to come to Detroit to be the number one defenseman in his hometown. We need him to step up because if he has a year like he did last year, it's only going to bring the rest of the team down, and our defense is just not going to be able to handle um, handle it unless he has a good season. It's, it's really not. I mean, if you look around at our defense, I think Green played a great, had a great year last year. He's a little more of an offensive-minded defenseman, though. He's not really a stay-at-home guy. He gets beat a lot. But I think he is a great defenseman. If you could have production from him in the back, we need more defensive defensemen. Cronwall, he's not going to play 82 games this year. We'll be lucky if we see 50 out of him. He's always hurt. He's made a glass at this point, And I think he's just too sluggish for the wear and tear of the NHL at this point. We did sign Trevor Daly. People were excited about this. They said it's a good signing. Yes, he just won two Stanley Cups, which is great. He was on a great Penguins team, and it's not like he was on, like, the top line. And I do think we paid too much for him. And he's, he's a little bit older. He's a little bit older. So people are excited that we got him. We need more out of our blue line this year. And I think that's where it starts is on the defensive side of the puck. We need Detroit's defense to really step up. We need some players to play better than they have. And I think that starts that starts with Danny DeKaiser. So I love you, Danny. Um, we went to the same high school. You're one of my favorite players on the wings. I just – you got to have a great year this year. We're all rooting for you, bud. Um, additionally, I believe it starts with DeKaiser on D, and just as much as it starts with, starts with DeKaiser on D, I think Larkin 
needs to take that big step. The Red Wings right now do not have a star. They're missing a star in this lineup. We don't have someone like a Pavel Datsuk. Zetterberg had an amazing year last year, but we need a superstar. We need someone like a Patrick Kane or, God forbid, a Sidney Crosby. We do not have that guy right now, and we need someone to break out. And we got very excited with Dylan Larkin. Dylan Larkin in 2015, um, it looked like the Wings had found their top center. You know, everyone was really excited about this guy, even saying, like, great, we got our new Iserman, which is just insane. I won't even go down that road of how insane that is to think. But at the halfway point of Larkin's rookie year, um, he had 29 points, 14 goals, 15 assists. Um, through 41 games, it was plus 24. 19 years old, he goes to the All-Star game, and he wins the fastest Fastest Skater Award. Everyone's all up on Larkin, including me. I loved the guy. My buddy went out and got his jersey, okay? A lot of people went out and got his jersey. He's an exciting player. He's fast, and he's a local kid. What is not to love, okay? Second half of the season, he finishes with 16 points total. The NHL finds out who he is. Nine goals, seven assists, 39 games, minus 13 in the second half, okay? Still a W on the season. Great, we got Larkin. He'll bounce back. That did not happen. Last season, he fell way the fuck back. 32 points, 17 goals, 15 assists, minus 28. You are a liability at that point at minus 28. You can get on the ice and be unlucky, but minus 28, you got you to play better defense, okay? Dylan, you want to be the star of this team. You want to be the face of this organization. You got to take a step up this year. You got to get stronger. You got to find whatever it is to be our guy. Everyone in the state of Michigan is rooting for you. You have the potential to be the face of the face of American hockey in the NHL. Now, that sounds aggressive, but what I mean by that is the Red Wings, you know, when you think of American hockey, the peak of great hockey in America, the Red Wings normally come to mind, okay? Larkin's a local boy playing on that team, has star potential, has a chance to be that guy. Okay, Dylan? It's on you, bud. And then, after all that, it comes down to the last line of defense, where it normally does, Mrazek and Howard. What are these two going to do this year? Okay, Mrazek went through one of the most disappointing years of his career. Um, he lost the starting job, he, and then we did not protect him in the waiver wire with Las Vegas. Okay, we basically just said, like, we don't care if you get taken. He's 25 years old. He's known as a very cocky guy. He had some issues with Blaschel. I heard he like didn't practice at the Winter Classic, yada, yada, yada. Who cares? He needs to get his confidence back, and we need Howard and Mrazek to get in a competition battle, a healthy battle, where every shot they realize they could lose their job or someone else could take that job from them. If they can be the goalies that we've seen them be, the Red Wings could be a little better this year than we think. Now look, Looking at the roster, if you base everything on last year, it looks bad. It looks bad. The projected lineups that I'm looking at is we got Gustav Nyquist, Henrik Zetterberg, Thomas Tatar. If you just take a look at that line, Zetterberg had an absolutely fantastic year last year, but he was kind of like the whipped cream on top of shit. You know, he looked great, but everyone really honestly played pretty bad. Besides, the next guy I want to talk about, Thomas Tatar. Tatar had a great season. He definitely earned his paycheck. I like him a lot. 
I was yelling earlier not to pay him because I just wanted to strip this team down to the studs. But we have so many bad contracts on this team, there's nothing we can do. Thomas Tatar could, should, probably be our top goal scorer. Um, he has a real shot to do that this year. And if he can put away you know, more goals, be a little more defensive-minded, maybe a little tougher on the puck, could have a good year. Gustav Nyquist, we need you to be the guy that, like, when the goose was loose, when you scored, like, 100 fucking goals a um, couple years ago, we need you to bury the puck more, okay? So those three guys right there, you look at it, and you, if you base it on last year outside of maybe Zetterberg and Tatar, you know, it's like that's, that's, that's not a top line. That's not a playoff-making top line in the NHL. But it has the potential to be. All these guys can be good. They just – we need to put it together this year. Okay, I got Mantha, Nielsen, Abdelkader. You know, Abby, God love you. You're a hell of a grinder. Franz, I, you know, you're decent. But Mantha is who I really want to talk about. I think Mantha has absolutely star power. He's a monster. And if he can bury the puck and shoot it like he did last year, he can score a lot of goals. So I think the meat of our offense with scoring has to come from Nyquist, Tatar, and Mantha. I think those three, if they can put together – strong scoring years, we might actually have an offense. Now, I'd love to throw the hot-button topic of uh, Andreas Anthanasiu in here, but it doesn't sound like he wants anything to do with the Red Wings. He wants $2.5 million. We don't want to give him $2.5 million. We're offering him $1.9 million. Anthanasiu, I fucking love watching you play hockey. I really do. You are one of the most entertaining players to watch, definitely in a Red Wings uniform. Please. Just take the 1.9. Just take it. Live without the $600,000 bonus and stay out of Russia. I promise you America's better. Play in this beautiful rink at LCA and just ride this thing out for another year. Earn your ice time, score 25 goals, and then either we'll pay you or someone else will pay you. I promise. Just do one more year in America. You don't want to go play in Russia. I promise. The NHL is a lot better. Datsuk makes it look fun and cool, but guess what? He speaks the language, and he's from there. You are not, but you're awesome to watch, and God, I want you in a Red Wings jersey this season, okay? Because you can really fucking bury the puck, okay? On this projected lineup I have from NHL that I'm looking at, they have Dylan Larkin on the third line, who actually I didn't mention in the Mantha, um, the Mantha, Tatar, and um, Nyquist goal-scoring area. Because I think if those three can do it, Dylan Larkin anchoring that squad could be huge. You know, you look at our offense, we got some guys who can bury the puck. If Helm can stay healthy, Abdelkader can stay healthy, and Riley Shahan figures out how to bury again, you know, it could be an okay offensive year. I'm just telling you, we're missing these power forwards. You look at a team like the Chicago Blackhawks, they're just way stronger. They're way stronger on offense. Look at, look at the Pittsburgh Penguins. They have absolute monsters on offense. And then they have solid D backing them up. So do I think we have the potential to be a playoff team? Absolutely. We absolutely have the potential to be a playoff team. A lot of guys are going to have to dig deep. The noise of the last season at the Joe is gone. You have no excuses in this new arena. Okay, boys? We need you to come out flying. We're all rooting for you. Literally couldn't be rooting for you harder. And us as Red Wing fans, especially, you know, my age people, which I'm assuming is roughly the age of people listening to this, born in 91. I've been, I've seen the Red Wings go to playoff, playoffs every year of my life, minus last year. 
So I'm not going to lie. I'm a giant Red Wings fan. I'm a bigger Red Wings fan than any other team on planet Earth. But they've made it pretty easy. Okay, last year was a little tough, but then again, it was like fine. You know, they've made it all those other years. A lot of cups I've seen. And it was last year at the Joe. It was okay. Now we're going to be tested as Red Wing fans. Okay, this might be frustrating. It's going to be tough. It's going to be annoying. Okay, they're not that good. We don't have Iserman, Fedorov, Shanahan, Robitaille, Hole, Hasek. We don't have these guys. Lindstrom. Okay, we got, we got like Nyquist, Nielsen, Glenn Denning. Okay, they're not as good. Olette, Erickson, for God's sakes. We need to stick by the boys. We need to believe that they'll have a good season. We need to show why we are hockey town. Okay? Might get tough. We might be around 500 for a while. But we can make these playoffs. I believe in the wings this year. Okay? LGRW. Let's move on to some over-unders. All right, let's pull up the over-unders. Today's over-unders were brought to you by – well, not brought to you by anybody. The ones who provided it is my friend Megan. If you guys don't remember, my friend Megan – she was the one that I got into a wrestling match with up at Western Michigan University after like 250 whiskeys. Um, she had a Shanahan jersey on. I had an Eiserman jersey on, and she fucking bagged me. She pulled the jersey over my head and just absolutely bagged me hockey fight style, um, and she never, ever lets me forget it. She doesn't really give a fuck about you or your feelings, and she beat me up, and I am – I'm, I'm embarrassed to say, but true as, true as true can be, I got beat up by a girl at Western Michigan, shit-faced out of my mind. So just to give you an idea of uh, you know how she operates, here's the email she sent. Hi, Frankie, boy, with like 100 eyes at the end of the word boy. Here's your fucking words, you twat. So with that preface in mind, let's move on to these over-unders. I got 10 for you here, and then we will wrap up episode 11 of The Fizz. So first over-under coming your way... Fago pop. Fago pop, you know, I don't really drink pop, and it's not even a health thing. I'm not a healthy guy at all. I just think the shit's sugary, and it fills your stomach. But you got to be out of your fucking mind if you think a Detroit native from East English Village who's lived here 20-plus years of his life is going to call Fago pop overrated. They used to have a Fago pop machine at St. Clara Montefalco, my grade school on Mac, um, they used to have one of those machines, which I think are illegal now in grade school, but they used to have 75-cent Fago pop machines. I used to get root beer, rock and Watt, rye, or twist, and it was fucking awesome, and I loved it. Fago pop is underrated. Okay, next one. What do we got? What do we got? Fat boy Jerry. You know, people, people think Jerry's so funny. My girlfriend thinks, you know, Jerry's so funny. Oh, I want to hang out with Jerry. Yeah, Jerry, Jerry's so funny. And why do you make so much fun of him? Leave Jerry alone. Jerry's overrated, okay? You guys hear Jerry on this radio thing. He may crack a joke every once in a while when he pops into your life. Aha, oh, Jerry's so great. He's so funny. You guys don't know the Jerry that I know. Jerry is a pain in my ass, um, and his friendship's more of an obligation at this point. So, I know you'll be listening to this, Jerry. You're overrated as hell. And I, I know I got, like, five other friends to full-fledged back me up on how overrated you really are. All right. Happy happy uh, Wednesday, Jerry. Okay, number three, Ken Holland. Oh, fucking God. Um, Ken Holland, man, I've never – his drop-off as a general manager is – I don't know if it's worse than Joe Dumars's, but it's it's pretty damn close. I mean, Joe Dumars was a god of gods, 
putting together that going to work piston squad, especially trading for Rashid, getting Rip Hamilton, all that shit. The one mistake he made was obviously not getting Carmelo um, and taking Darko. So just just wild shit all around um, with that team and how incredible he put them together. Um, and Ken Holland was that, but like 80 times on crack, you know. But a lot of it people look at and say like, well, it was before the salary cap era. But you guys got to remember, we did win a Stanley Cup in 2008 post-Stanley Cup era and then went to the finals next year and absolutely should have won that. Came down to the final shot and it was the most heartbreaking loss literally of my, you know, fandom career in sports. But now we are in like the worst position we could be in. We are a terrible team and we're over the cap. And these contracts are like through 2035 and I just don't get it. And the fact that he still has a job is just mind-blowing to me. I know everyone's screaming about getting Eiserman. I'd love to get Eiserman. Eiserman doesn't want to come here. Why would he leave that Tampa job? He's got so much more authority there and so much more to work with. He probably wants to wait till these contracts die out and Ken Holland actually gets fired. Ken Holland's overrated, and I want him to get fired. I love him for every cup that he's brought me in my life and the teams that he's had, but it's so bad right now. And these contracts are absolutely inexcusable. Ken Holland, you're overrated. Sorry, bud. Next. Canadians, like the people who live across the river. Canadians are underrated. Canadians are awesome. Canadians invented the sport that I hold closest to my heart, which is hockey. Canadians are fucking beauties. They say sorry a lot, and I think they're just good people, and I think Canada is a great place. Plus, Steve Eiserman was born there, so you got to love it. Whenever uh, the Wings are not in the playoffs, which has only been once in my life, uh, or whenever they get eliminated, I normally root for a Canadian team to win the Cup. Um, last year was a little bit of an exception with Nashville, but I was rooting for Ottawa hard. I like the Canadian teams a lot. I really do, and I like I like Canadians. I think they're underrated. Casinos, casinos are a lot of fun, but they're mm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say casinos are overrated. Uh, a lot of pressure at a casino. I like playing blackjack, but I kind of wish it was just with all my friends. Um, you know, I feel a lot of pressure sometimes because I don't know the game as quick as a lot of people do. Some people get real angry there get real sassy sometimes you go with friends they're in a bad mood once they lose i'd rather just bet on sports i'm a big sports gambler more than i am a casino guy don't get me wrong love going to the casino every once in a while there's a casino in saint ignis michigan when i play in an outdoor hockey tournament and it has like two dollar minimums like on the blackjack table or like five dollar minimums on a blackjack table like there's the smallest minimums in the world and that is a lot of fun because everyone's up there in a hockey jersey shit face it's like a total for the boys weekend that's the kind of casino I like, where the, you know the, the stakes aren't too high and everyone's just having a really good time. Really shit-faced, to be honest with you. Um, oh, my God. Megan, are you – Megan, I told you. I, I, I read you guys the intro about Megan. I'm not going to pass this up, but she says, giving facials, in parentheses, not the kind you get spa. I think she meant get at the spa. She's literally asking, is a facial underrated over – I'm not going to answer that, Megan. I am a mature – individual and i am not going to stoop to your level of grossness and answer your giving facials question facials are totally underrated facials are underrated okay next one we're going to move on to ripping shots ripping shots is completely underrated i feel like we've had this one before ripping shots is awesome um you ever played catch up where you, you're not as drunk as everybody else a couple of shots boom you just got drinks in your system like it's nothing shots can transform your night for the better or for worse at any time love taking shots Love taking shots. All right, that's we're going to go underrated on that one. Next one, brunch. Oh, brunch. Okay, 
I lived in Chicago two years. This is when I realized like brunch was like a thing that people like brunch. What brunch means is you just go out and you get shit faced and you eat some food while you do it and you look nice or whatever. The whole what brunch has become of like Instagrams and like I don't fucking know like basic bitch shit. Even though I've proclaimed myself a basic bitch plenty of times, um, is whack. I hate like the whole aura around brunch and I think it's like just whack and like super yuppie. But actually going to brunch and like brunching and drinking like 100 mimosas and like especially when there's football on it's awesome it's underrated brunch is actually fucking great when you have a sunday fun day moving on to the next one cider and donuts she knows what kind of button she's pushing she knows i love fall so cider and donuts are underrated as well donuts are incredible and then normally when you have the cider with them they're like warm donuts, so they're fresh donuts, they're freshly made, and they are incredible. So cider and donuts, especially in the vein of fall, completely, completely underrated. Ugg boots. Ugg boots. Um, you know, Ugg boots, I don't know. I, I'm going to say overrated. They just, you know, everyone's got them. They seem comfy. They're great. I have a pair of Ugg slippers, believe it or not. Um, but, yeah, it's all, I'm just going to say, like, overrated. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not too blown away by them, but they seem to fit well in a fashion sense for girls and they have a lot of comfortability but you know I don't, I don't know about anybody losing their mind over ugg boots anymore i don't know that's all i got um she signed it peace love and hockey pucks megan awesome thank you megan for those um and thank you all for listening to episode 11 of the fizz if you haven't yet i encourage you to go to the website champagneathletics.com go click shop go look at the shirts and hats that i have up there for you um, if you don't want to do all that, just go to the Instagram, make sure to follow the Instagram that's at champagne athletics. Um, click the link in the bio. It'll take you right to the store. Um, you know, there's some good, there's some good lions, pistons, tigers, red wing stuff in there, along with some brand stuff. So I encourage you to at least check out the store, but you guys have already done enough of listening enough by listening to this podcast today. And I appreciate each and every one of you. Go Lions, go Red Wings, and I know the Pistons tip off this week, so go Pistons as well. All right, you guys are the best. Have a good week. Chalk with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Uh-huh. Chalk with yeah. straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then okay, pop bottles. Okay, we poppin' champagne Talk like we won a championship game. Look like I got on a championship brain. Cause I 